Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out today. Very excited to have Taryn and Isaac back. We guys were just talking a little while ago, but always good to have you on. And uh, Isaac, I do appreciate you being able to switch from the Thursday to the Sunday. Fantastic, I really appreciate that. Now, while I'm showing my appreciation, y'all should be showing your appreciation. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you get your emails every day that we go live, which is of course, every day. Now, if you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, by all means, put them in the comment section and we will pull them up and engage those directly throughout the show. Any thoughts or issues before we dive into the conversation? Yeah, I've got to know what's going on in the back there, Isaac. Is it, uh, are you selling doors or are you selling, what, what are you, filing cabinets? What is going on? No, we're renovating our horse stable. So there's, there's 10, yeah, uh, okay. 10 stalls in the back, but uh, it's, chief's football day and the whole family comes over and tailgates and does all kinds of things Check, so i was okay, like you guys okay. take the house i'll set wow. up the studio in the barn and uh oh, nice and buddy we'll, we'll make it work yeah ah full full service i dig it yeah. yeah i was chirping at him earlier and i was like oh nice how many horses you got and he's like i don't really do the horses it's supposed to be my wife and i was like oh my god i was getting i was excited to I'm get into, into the condo. it getting into it but the wife she's a equine therapy like occupational therapist so she Check. she's the horse whisperer and i'm here just trying to trying to learn the ropes getting We're, in the game of horses yeah. getting the game yep yeah where that's where you start shoveling crap <laughs> that's the beginning yeah. of that game yeah that's where we all have to start in any new game buddy exactly that's, that's exactly it now it. with there you go and you know with that uh chris k says put me in coach happy sunday everybody good to see you chris um so i'm going to give a quick little definition and then we'll get into the conversation like we said today's topic is getting in the game and it is the end of a week of hope is what we've been kind of dancing around with all these topics but i'm going to we're going to tie it in to get today with get in the game now this is the definition that i got get in the game is an idiom that means actively participating in something, not necessarily sports related. It can also refer to being directly involved in or affected by something, especially financially. It can also mean being ahead of the game in a particular subject or activity by knowing more about the most recent developments. And the phrase is, excuse me, is often used metaphorically, such as in the stock market. The idiom, someone has got game, means to be really good at doing something, especially in sports, but play the game means to do things in the accepted way or in the way that you're told to in order to keep your job or achieve success. Now, there's a lot in that, but I want to hear what you guys think initially when you hear get in the game. What are your thoughts, Taryn? I'm going to hit you first. What do you think? Uh, shit, you're going to put me right on the spot. Oh, yeah, we're not. I swear. <laughs> you are um, not in the game right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> get in soon. I think uh, I think what I picked up on there, which stood out, was um, where you said that to follow, you know, follow this the the set um, rules or values to to said game, whatever that game is. And I think uh, to me that I go to what that is because um, I grew up in like I grew up in a fishing t fishing village, Newfoundland. Uh, either the kind of the game when I was growing up was quite. Uh, you know, you're either going to go to Fort McMurray and work in the oil, or you're going to go and fish, or you're going to sit on uh, social welfare. And that's nothing to do with, you know, that's not to say about anything about the people in Newfoundland. It's just, uh, that's just kind of the, the environment that I grew up in. So I think uh, 
if I had have gone with that game, we wouldn't be here talking today. I think I would say go against that that set of rules. But that's just me. Yeah, absolutely. Isaac, what are your first thoughts? Yeah, for me, getting the game has kind of like two two meanings there, kind of a dichotomy. But one is to mentally like check in like you have something going on a task at hand a challenge whatever it is and you mentally like flip that switch where it's like okay it's game on like we're we're going now this is going to be full speed and we're uh, you know as sean would say we're pushing the pace like we're, we're actually kicking it on now but then the other side of it is always looking for opportunity uh, you guys talked about, I forget his name, but he was the, the army ranger where he always talked about looking for work and that's Dutch. really big in CQB. Well, in life, whether it's business, whether it's, you know, just personal life, professional, whatever it is, like it, you should always be looking for work. So getting in the game, you have to get like, literally you have to see the opportunity for the new game and you have to get in, uh, you have to check. You can't just sit on the sideline. So it's not just that that switch of like starting the task, but also finding the task. Cause there's, there's games that you can be playing everywhere. There's games within the games as uh, <clears throat> today. So uh, for me, it's kind of those two things. You're always looking for opportunities to play and to serve. Uh, and then the other side is when you do find that opportunity, you make that mental switch to, to kick it on and, and push. Mm -hmm. John, what are your first thoughts? So I, I've, I've had a lot of thoughts about get in the game, get in the freaking game. I've, I've been saying that one bajillion years, but what I don't typically think of, which came up just this morning now in this conversation is he's got game. Mm. I, I don't use that phrase too often. I, I don't think of people as, oh, he's got game. She's got game. That's game. I don't think that way because it's like, um, to me, that is a past tense, uh, reflection on someone in the moment. So if you've got game right now, you're in the game. But when you say he's got game or she's got game, it's referring to a past effort, if you will. But then we categorize a person through that past. Now, um, you could have, if someone says he's got game, did you see him last year in that uh, championship? Now we're referring to the past. Am I wrong so far? Am I off base? I think you're on base. Okay, so uh, if I'm referring to someone's past endeavors, well, that's not referring to their now endeavors. So when I say get in the game, I mean like now. I don't mean get in the game last year because then I'm evaluating you as you got game or you didn't got game. But if you want to get in the game, get in the game. That's how you create game. And then I might be able to look at someone in the near future and say, freaking dude's got game. Did you see him yesterday rather than did you see him seven years ago? So he or she has got game is a title or a, is a term that is uh, thrown at someone as almost a form of respect, like a nod, a coach's nod, if you will. But... I want to be super careful today to make sure that everyone is clear on my stance on when I say he's got game or she's got game is different than get in the game. Absolutely. Mm. Darren, you got thoughts on that? 
Yeah, no, I guess uh, just kind of going off of what Isaac said there um, about the mind, the mindset flip. You know, you to be in the game, like Sean says, is not it's a, it's a combination of everything that you're doing before, but r- right up to today, what are you doing that makes you in the game? And I really like that that mindset of not thinking about he has game or he had game. He's, he's in the game, and I think that's important, but. Kind of going with what Isaac said about the mindful the mindset uh, and looking for opportunity constantly. It's it's kind of holding yourself to accountability. And for me personally, when I'm when I, I'm looking for whatever it is that I want to do next, um, once I identify what it is, and that could be a long term goal or you know an immediate this week, tomorrow, today, um, I'm kind of immediately holding myself accountable when I identify what that goal is. And that's just me being in the game. I know that in order for me to stay in the game, I need to look for the the next opportunity or what it's going to make me progress in, in, a, in, a, in the positive direction. And I think um, just being able to identify what it is I want to do that immediately just keeps keeps my mindset and my accountability always switched on. I think that's how I kind of stay in the game is by holding myself accountable. For example, with the coach, um, I've identified what I want to do, but in order for me to stay in the game, I also need somebody to hold me accountable. That's just the way I operate. Is I I do better when I have somebody that has expectations of me that I need to meet. I'm always being challenged, so to speak, in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Isaac, you got any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I think Sean set a pretty clear kind of uh, definition on past and present and future tense in terms of uh, the game and, and being able to show up for the, like actually put yourself in the game. Cause that's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if say you showed up and you really put yourself in the game yesterday, but today you're not doing anything then you're not in the game. And that's not like, sure, you might need some rest some days. You might need to check out some days. But if you're not showing up and actually putting yourself in the game, you can't live off your past endeavors all the time. And I think we see this a lot with veterans too. We get out and we feel lost because we keep putting ourselves based off our past endeavors. And then we feel like, well, I don't have game anymore. Like I I had it, but I don't have it anymore. Well, your job's not done. You still have to show up and and get in the game. The game game might be different, but if you're looking for those opportunities, they're going to show up. Uh, And you have to be able to make that decision and, and do it or else your past endeavors, they don't define your future. You have to define your future daily. Yeah. You mentioned, um, rest days like sometimes you might need to check out but that's part that's being part that's being in the game as well right if you recognize your game and you're going hard and some days you need a rest day some days you need uh, a recreational day some days you need to hang out with your family right there's lots of things that don't seem like you're in the game but they're part of the game and that's i think something to touch on Uh, i got a couple comments Uh, well they're only they're only a part of the game if you know that that's part of the rule set, if that's part of the rolling the dice, if that's part of things work clockwise, not counterclockwise in Monopoly. That's that's the way the game is played. But you got to understand how the game is played rather than randomly taking days off for some unknown reason and then waking up 15 years later and your, your recovery day was a decade and a half because you weren't playing the game. 
because you didn't understand the rule set, because you didn't have intention, because you didn't even consider that you had dice in your hand. That's what we're all doing, baby. We've all got dice in our hand every single day. Every single roll is a random roll, but that's playing the game. And whatever those dice throw, whatever it shows up as, it's now your job to play the dice, to play the game. You can't control, you cannot control those dice. But you can control the outcome of what the dice provides for you and shape it in a way that turns it into the totality of the board game. Look, there's ups and downs in Monopoly. You go to jail, you go back to the, you go back to go, you get a $200 fine. You, you want to put a hotel on, but you can't afford it. You've got a mortgage boardwalk. There's lots of things that go on in Monopoly. But if right from the get-go, before you even throw your first dice, you're already quitting, you're not in the game. So you've got to decide that you're in the game to get the dice. Once you've got the dice, then you've got to be excited about the dice. I mean, come on. When you're playing a boring game with a boring table of players, if nothing else, you look forward to getting your dice. Am I wrong? It's, you're looking forward to your role. A, a brief respite of maybe the boringness of the game. But the moment that you've got the dice in your hand, yeah, let's see what's going to happen. What am I going to throw? Oh, I can't believe I got that. Now you've got to deal with the results. But for a brief moment, we're all excited we had dice. But we can't do that in our own lives. You know what I mean? Every day is a dice roll, baby. Every minute is a dice roll. What you throw is what you get. But what you get, you got to do something with. you got to play the game to be in the game to get game. 100%. Any thoughts on that? Isaac? Um, you're hearing, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Isaac. No, you're good. He just nodded no. You go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I just kind of liked what uh, both of you guys said, but and I thought if, going to the veteran side of things, I think, you know, this is obviously relatable for all of us. It's uh, when you get, when, for, I'll speak for myself, when I got out, uh, I didn't want... <laughs> You're at such a high level, highness that that whole time. I didn't want to go back, go to a mundane uh, nine to five kind of kind of job. I, I wanted the excitement. I wanted to feel the uh, the the passion and the, uh, the the life essentially that I felt when I was in the military. You know, when, when you deploy and when, when you're with the guys and you're doing whatever it is you're doing. I want excitement, and so uh, I had friends who got out. You know, and I saw the the path that they chose to go down, um, which wasn't, wasn't the game, you know, and, and it scared me that I think that was actually what was so impactful is I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to go, you know, sound cliche. I didn't want to go hang out in my parents' basement because I didn't have a plan when I got out of the, when I got out of the military, I don't think really anybody needs to have a plan, but you got to figure it out when you get out, you, you can't just, uh, sit on the money that you get when you get out of the military for your time in. Like you got to look for the next opportunity because, like Sean said, or you know, or maybe it was uh, maybe it was a chance, but that that rest day. Let's not wait for a decade for that rest day to to be over. We got to be the next day. Okay, what are we doing? Uh, and a good example. I left. I, I got out on uh, July thirtieth, two thousand thirteen. I moved to England August seventh. I was gone. 
I was in the game. I I didn't know what was going to happen, but I had the dice in my hand, and I was ready to roll them. And whatever whatever those numbers came up, we were going to play, right? And I think that's that's that mindset that you got to you got to keep uh, switched on because uh, complacency is so easy to fall into and so comfortable. And I think that's what I harp a lot with uh, you know with the with the with the cold water is seeking the uncomfortable uncomfortable and the uncomfortable a lot of people man woman doesn't matter your trade doesn't matter what you're doing i know i see in the comments there um somebody was asking about the age uh it doesn't matter as long as you're in the game i think i think uh just pulling from the military side uh where i talked you know james had talked about bringing on different uh elements of of the military not just having uh you know, one group of infantry guys or one group of engineers or whoever, it's, it's having the diversity. And I think when you have a group of people such as ourselves on here, people might automatically assume things like, you know, he's talking about fitness or he's talking about things that have to be high intensity, high velocity, uh, high speed, so to speak. But it doesn't have to be that way whatever your game is as long as you're in it and you feel like you're accomplishing something i think that's the more important thing it doesn't have to be uh sliding down ice track on your stomach head first 125 kilometers an hour it can be like uh like chris said where her her mom is gardening for 10 minutes instead of the three hours she used to do she's still in the game she's still out in the garden doing what she needs to do yeah 100 john you got any uh points out on that I do. I, I don't see any of the comments, so I'm not sure what's going on in there. I'll but put I this do. one up right here for you. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so she's into gardening. That's cool, and she's still in the game. I dig it. Because that is that comment there is the equivalent of sitting at the Monopoly board, and when it's your turn, you just look at the dice and say, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on this roll. I'm, I'm going to pass on my turn. Now you're not playing the game. You're sitting at the table, but you ain't in the game. And sitting in the table can represent a lot of veterans to some degree. They, they, they're sitting at the table looking at the game, but passing on their dice roll every single turn. We only have so many dice rolls. Let's call it a year. Let's call it your birthday. There's only so many times that dice is going around the table. Every birthday that goes by, if you're passing on a dice roll every single year, there they're not free. You only get so many. So take every roll that you get, roll the dice, see what you get, play your dice, enjoy the game. Now, enjoy the game. I talked about it a little bit this morning. I like to play a game within the game. So I slice and dice my board game of life. The totality of my life is a game within the game. I think of life as the game but I silo it into a bunch of siloed games. So I just happen to be wearing a Taiwan BJJ t-shirt, not planned. Uh, I just grab random t-shirts every morning. And so um, this, this t-shirt represents several games within the totality of my life's game. And I think it's really important that you create as many games within your game of life so that not only can you be a, a more complete board game player, but I think it's more important that 
you explore the fullness of life so that you can explain the fullness of life to other board game players, like my sons. At one point, they didn't know how to play Monopoly. And then later, they knew how to play Monopoly. That is life. It, uh, in those 10 photos that I put up this morning on this comment in respect to the tomatoes, I was trying to decide 10 photos that I could use on my IG uh, feed post to represent all the games I've played. It's freaking impossible to represent all the games I've played. I've played so many games. One of the photos that I almost put up there was me just a, a couple of weeks ago picking tomatoes in my little tomato patch with my dog. He's sitting at my side looking at the tomatoes. I'm actually pointing at the tomatoes and smirking at him because he's a tomato hound, man. He loves on his tomatoes. But that's one of the micro games that I play within my board game of life is growing tomatoes. A game, by the way, that wasn't natural to me. I only started a few years ago as that whole warrior in the garden thing. So the games that we play within our board game of life are for us to choose. But we should never, ever, ever sit back from the board game and say, I'm going to pass on this dice roll. Yeah, 100%. Isaac, you got anything to add? I I just love how how you talked about the games within the game and life is a game. Uh, one of the most important important things that I learned as a kid and I, I think is important to teach my kids is that it's you're gonna lose games. Like that's a part of playing the game. And you have to not be a sore loser because that keeps you from playing other games. And if you take your losses as a learning experience and that the people you enjoyed that experience with, because it matters at the end, whether you win or lose, if you leave the table having fun with the people that were on the, at the table with you, then that's, that's a win. And for me, life is a game. Uh, and so I, I love it because, you know, work and and i think of business and i talk about this a lot i think of business as a game and every every move and stuff you do it's strategic but there's this level of excitement and fun with it and if you lose that ability to play the game i feel like you not only lose your edge but you lose your ability to take calculated risks uh and you know with a game you understand well i might lose this but it's okay because i'm not going to die at the end of it right like as long as as it's not going to put me under or my family under then it's a calculated risk that i can take and that allows me to stay ahead uh honestly and it's it's a fun experience and that could be anything from bjj to you know hunting i was out, out there this morning you know at 5 a.m waiting for deer to come in you know it's there's there's so many games that we can play uh even like family being able to raise my kids is a game and, and it's it's a serious game but it's still a game and it allows me to have fun uh and to be engaged so i think you know looking at life how, how sean said life is a game and there's games within it that's so true i think you know i'm kind of a nerd so i think of like video games and it's like all the side quests but those side quests make the game so much more fun. Uh, and if you just play the story mode, how it's made out, you end the game in a few hours and think, ah, that was okay. While you have like some other guy who did, you know, 80 hours in the same game doing all the side quests and is raving about how fun it was. 
you're like, well, it wasn't that fun. It was pretty boring. You didn't do anything with it. You, you did like the one thing that you were supposed to do and you didn't, you know, make up the path that was actually allowed for you. Uh, and so, you know, you have to look for those things and it goes into uh, looking for the opportunities everywhere to serve and to play the game. Uh, you know, these things will, will pop up this I'm, I'm in the stables right now, this farm, it was kind of a, an opportunity that popped up and I was like, I see a game that we can play. Uh, and that is being able to run a, a clinic in a barn to help other veterans. Right. And so we're in the beginning of it, but this is a new game. Uh, and it's something that can make an impact can serve, but it came from looking for the opportunities. So, uh, it, it was a really good introspection there from Sean of, of realizing that there's games within the game and that is life. Mm-hmm. games levels to the game games within games within games within games you can get into inception if you really want to dive into it and uh any i think we did do an inception uh, i think i did do an inception moment the game within the game within the game did i not like some you time did. ago okay yes, good all yeah, right absolutely we did hit on that um now i got a couple of comments and a question here i want to hit on uh before we dive too far so chris k jumps in early says put me in coach happy sunday everybody good to see you i think i already put that one up uh, Jim Elliott, good to see you, buddy. He says, morning, guys. Good point, Sean. You're only as good as your last event, and there is an, ex- an expiry date on your accomplishments. What are you doing today? Which I think is a great one. <clears throat> Chris did put in this, uh, was talking about this earlier. What about your game for your age? My mom is 85, does 10 minutes of gardening. She used to do three to five hours. Her game is now just showing up. Dad is 86, does 20-pound dumbbells. Either way, like, we kind of... Do you want more on that? Yeah, I do, I do. Because okay. I, I didn't... There, like I, it's not that I could tear that comment apart. That's not what I'm saying. What I would like to do is take that comment and spend an entire hour on it, teasing out all the, the details within there, because there's a pile of nuance in there. But one thing that I do want to clear up, and, and I'm sure that Chris uh, just would tweak his language if he thought about it for a sec. Her game is not just showing up. That ain't her freaking game. Her game is being in there crushing it. Mm. Unless her mindset is I'm just showing up. So those are two different things. Like she might be showing up in context of how she used to smash out three to five hours as an Olympic gardener. But now she's doing 10 minutes or 15 minutes and smashing mm-hmm. at 85. And so I think it's all contextual. At 85, you can show up and uh, smash. Or at 85, you can show up and dawdle and not be in the game. In fact, you can be a distraction to your own game if you don't go in and smash with the right mindset. So is she just showing up? Probably not. She's probably executing it to the best of her ability at 85 based on all the wisdom that she gained over all of the hours of gardening that she has accomplished and now is efficient and effectively in 10 minutes smashing out an awesome garden. That's the way I see it. I mean, what do you guys think? That's, that's 85 years of games that's how i would like to think about it that's 85 years where she's like you know what i still know that i still need to be in a game at least for 10 minutes that's that's good enough and that's i think that's the thing the, the key to take away is it doesn't matter what your game is just be in the game uh-huh. right absolutely isaac you got any thoughts on that not on the comment but on something sean said about it um if you're just showing up and dawdling it can be a distraction to the actual game you're trying to play. Mm. Uh, when I got out of the military, and I'm sure there's a few mm. veterans listening to this that can that can uh, kind of feel how I how I felt in the time. Didn't know what to do, and I went into bad vices. And my game 
for the most part was I'm a bachelor just out of the military with a pocket full of money that I can do. And though I was playing business games, I was playing some other games too, some bachelor games, drinking, smoking, trying to hook up with girls, trying to do that stuff. And it's a distraction. Like it, it can be your game. It's a distraction to the game you're actually trying to play. I was distracting myself from the actual game because I was afraid of failure. Uh, and that fear of failure allowed me not to go fully in the game. because I distracted myself with these little games that really didn't matter at all. Uh, and were just distracting me from the game that I needed to play. And it was once I was like, okay, these are the ga- These are kid games. These are kid games that I, I should have gotten out years ago, but I didn't because I was trying to do big boy stuff when I was still a little boy. And now that I'm grown up, I'm thinking I can play these games again. Nope. When I signed that dotted line, I gave up playing these games. I have to realize that I'm too old for this. I'm going to be playing big boy games now. Uh, and so I love how you, how you brought that up. Like it can be a distraction to the game. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, why am I not getting ahead in life? Take a look at the games you're playing. You might be playing a game. That's just a distraction or a game that you should have been playing years ago or could have been playing years ago. Not that you should have, but could have been playing years ago. And it's time to move on to, to the new game, the new opportunities. And you're just holding yourself back. Cause I, I went through that. Yeah. hundred percent. The, uh, the interesting thing I find about this is <laughs> it anybody that says, you know, I'm a certain age, I'm going to give up a game. Like you have to have a better understanding of why you're playing the game to begin with. Because if you're, if that's your game and okay, play that game. I don't care if gardening is your game, play that game to the best of your ability. But uh, I've, I've heard too many people like, Oh, I can't, can't do BJJ. I'm too old. What? <laughs> what do you mean you're too old or oh, I'm, I'm, I'm broken. I can't do this. Or I, I have too much pain or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Carl's got a great question here that I want to touch on. He says, how do you manage chronic pain while in the game? And my thought is you make chronic pain the game and how to manage it. So I think we probably all have suffered from chronic pain for a little while. I know Sean's like just, just two or three decades. Just, no big deal. Yeah. You know, a couple, <laughs> you know, whatever. What do you guys do? to manage chronic pain while in the game. I'm going to start with you, Sean. What do you think? I, I will touch on that in a sec, but because okay. uh, it's a good question, and for sure we're going to hit it. However, I got to uh, extend on what was just said because it's a fascinating uh, word for me anyway. And it's, it's a word that I've thought about for quite some time, like several years on the social media phenomenon and how I think things are going wrong in the world. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. So um, I think you can be in the game. You can play the game to win in the game. But as Isaac just said, you can also be a player. What's a player? A player is the guy with the fancy watch with all the diamonds on it. The player is the guy who's standing next to the Lamborghini that he doesn't own. He rented it for the day. The player is the guy or girl that acts larger than they are that didn't earn what they've got, that's faking their way through life. You're a player. You're dabbling. You're in and out, in and out, in and out, dabblers. Can't stand dabblers. How many times did we talk about stop freaking dabbling, y'all, when we first started the collective? So many times. So many times. Directed at me specifically a couple times. Correct. And so (laughs) dabbling is something that drives me crazy because we don't have the time to dabble. 
what we do have time to do is take that dice, roll them, and play your freaking turn. And what is your turn? Your turn is your life. Don't be, don't roll the dice and then shrug your shoulders and say, can you hand me a set of new dice? I'd like to roll another set. I, I don't like what I got. Keep handing me dice. That's dabbling. That's playing. That ain't engaging. If you're a player, and we all have, I think, when we were young men, you know, we, I wasn't much of a player because I didn't have a Lamborghini, but I like to, I, I guess we all have done it maybe when we were younger. And we, maybe we thought we were players. But nowadays, compared to when I was young, the, the idea or the definition of what a player is has started expanding its footprint to a degree where it is now really appealing to a younger generation. And that young generation now wants to be a player rather than play the game, which is a really interesting thing. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that's, we kind of touched on it yesterday when we were talking about um, focusing on outcome versus the, uh, the actual process. Or not yesterday, the day before, where we were talking about focusing on your outcome versus the process. And that's, that's being a player. You want to look like, you want to look like the guy. You want to look like the the operator. You want to look like the guy with the Lamborghini. You want to look like that without putting in the work that's required to get there in the first place. Karen, what do you think? Oh, uh, are we going to answer the question here, or are we? Um... <laughs> we'll, like we'll a come back. Brain, hey? <laughs> we'll come back to the question. <laughs> Hang on a sec. There's got... more comments. Comments. What do you? No, think? I you think. think I'll go to, I'm just going to go to the, for some reason today, I want to, I want to speak about veterans. I don't know why, but we're going to go to it. So That's cool. I think we're so quickly, so often as veterans and kind of like you, Isaac said, I think you hit it right on the, on the head. So many of us join when we're 19, 18 and we missed our twenties. They're gone. So when you get out, you've missed a decade of what everyone else has experienced in life. And you kind of want to go down that road. Um, and I too, not so I'm not saying when I went to England that I was uh I wasn't being an idiot, <laughs> but I was enjoying my I was enjoying the game as it was at that point in time, and um, the other side of that is, as veterans we we're so e we're so, and this might be something people might not like to hear, but we're so easy to just be identified as a veteran. That's one game, that's one aspect of life, and we're we're very quick to just allow us to be categorized as veterans. And then when you get out, whatever a veteran means to you, you emulate that. Whether that's an imposter syndrome or whether that's, you know, I got to be a grumpy, crusty old dude now because of what I've seen or done or heard and, and whatever. Um, but when I got out of the military, and I'm super proud to be a veteran, I'm super proud of, of serving my country. I didn't want that to be the only thing that defined who I was. So that's why I looked for the, I looked for different games. <laughs> now that I know what they are, <laughs> thanks Sean, they're games. I was looking for what, what games next for me, that's going to evolve me and make me more than just a veteran. Um, yeah. That's kind of what I, where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Isaac, you got any thoughts? No, no. I mean, it's, it's true. We were, I was a player, right? I it's you, especially in, in the social media age that we're in, 
it's the law of attraction it's fake it till you make it it's you know it's show up as the person you want to be and to an extent when you look at you know neuroscience there's an understanding of if you show up and do the actions of the person that you want to be that like they would have to do but too many like we've contorted that for social media because the unsexy things that actually make that person who they are the discipline of action every day to show up and play the game to get the Lambo, to get all the nice stuff, to do all those things. There was years of dedication showing up and playing the game and social media like that doesn't sell those disciplinary things that every day have that doesn't, it's not sexy. That doesn't, it doesn't get a million likes on, on Instagram. You know, it does the player looking at his Rolex next to his Lambo. And so now these, you know, 18 to, to, you know, 25 year old kids and some, you know, even 40 year old kids uh, are you thinking that they can bypass the game, like showing up and actually playing just to be the player. And it's, I, I do contribute a lot of that to social media. Granted, we've always had people like that, but it's made it so much more accessible to just fake it and never make it. You just fake it the whole time uh, because now instead of maybe monetary gain or individual um, pride in the outcome, we get external validation for this proposed image of ourselves. And it might be empty. It might not be real. It might be a facade. It might be, you know, the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain is really just a, a scared, sad old man. But when everyone feared him, everyone, you know, thought he was the grand wizard, he was on top of the world. And now we have a bunch of these kids who realize and can feel and be validated as being on top of their own world without actually ever doing any of the work. Uh, and so that's that's something where uh, if you're younger and listening to this, understand that if you can show up and actually play the game, even though you might not look as cool as the other people, if you can actually be the player and not just be a player, um, you're actually going to win the game. They're not going to win the game. You might look at them on social media and think they're winning, but they're just a scared, sad old dude behind a screen. You can actually win the game. And now's the time where it's so much easier to win the game because sadly, a mass majority, they're just being players. They're not actually playing. And so if you can actually show up and be disciplined and play the game and turn on that switch, oh man, now's the time. Now's the time you can win any game you put your mind to if you just show up and be disciplined. Yeah. There's an additional point to this that I want to touch on that uh, I've been working with my own boys on. <clears throat> and that is if we want to use monopoly as analogy, right? If I say land on boardwalk, I can just put hotels on it, right? I can just rant like, oh, yeah, I'll just put a hotel on that. Who's going to want to play with me if I do that? Nobody. <laughs> You're going to want to play with me if I'm cheating and just like throw yeah, hotels 100%. on it. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So don't say nobody because I will want to play that game because I like a challenge because I will crush you. That's how my brain works. No joke. And so there are people like me out there. Lots of them. Maybe all of us are if you sit down and think about it. Mm. Am I wrong? That's good point. No, that's or, good point. Or, or is the panel a bunch of quitters? Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I see you. So my point is, though, is that it's easy enough to, let's just say, put those hotels on the board, on the, onto the game itself, 
and then take a picture and be like, look, I'm winning. I know that's different. Right. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's where I was going with it was that it's easy enough to cheat, especially on social media, take a picture. Ha ha. Look, you take a picture beside the bank. Look at me. I got all the money. Right. No, you don't. You're not winning. You're not doing anything. You're just taking a picture beside it. So I think that's an interesting point is that if you're going to cheat at the game or if you're going to try and show that you're winning without doing any work, most people don't want to play with you. Let's say that most people won't want to play the game with you. And if you don't mind me adding chance, they actually did a, a study on, I believe it was mice and they would have these mice, like kind of, they would play wrestle, you know, and the bigger mice would obviously beat the smaller mice. Uh, But eventually if the bigger mouse kept beating the smaller mice, he would end up lonely. No one would want to play with him. So he started losing fights. He could clearly win. He was bigger than all of them. But he started losing them so that the other mice would feel like they wanted to play the game. So he didn't get lonely. And so this brings up a good point. Like if you're the cheater who just dominates because you see the weakness in people that you can take advantage of, you're going to end up being playing a lonely game. And at the end of that, if that's the game you want to play, go for it. But I've seen people play that game and I've talked to them and how sad and miserable they are because they're just alone. No family, no friends, they're ostracized, their business partners all hate them. Like they're just, they're miserable. But if you play the game and you, you realize that you shouldn't, you know, take advantage of people's weaknesses, you share the successes, you share the wins. Oh man, the game's great because you're, you're sitting at the table with people who genuinely want to be there for you playing with you. Uh, so that's a good thing to note too. That's fantastic. Yeah. Taryn, you got any thoughts on that at all? Just on the social media side. Yeah. Like if you're the individual playing the game uh, or you're looking at, you're watching somebody else that's actually playing a game um, who's got whatever, whatever the game is. And you, uh, if you ask them, what, did, how, how did they get, how did they win at the game? I think sometimes people aren't ready for the reality of what that means to win the game. There's a lot of detail that goes into winning the game. Um, I'll go to I. I had an encounter with a with someone. I was in the change room, you know, getting changed one day, um, and this was like right around peak week for me. So I was as uh, I would say, shredded McShredderson or something, something along those lines. And uh, I the guy the guy asked me how I get my abs. And uh, I didn't say anything. I, I I wanted to tell him the real, like, uh, you know, 10 years in the army. And uh, it, it just, you know, the, just the hard part of it. And I don't think he could fat, would fat, uh, really truly understand what I had to do to, to, to win the game. Um, I don't think I won the game, but definitely on my on the route to. But sometimes people are going to be able to handle what it actually takes to win the game. So um, for those out there that might be looking at people on social media being like, man, I want to be that person. DM them and ask them, How, what, are, what are you doing to win the game? It's it, it's one thing to just try and emulate that person. But if you truly want to win the game, go and ask that person what it is they did. And I bet you that they're not going to give you a one sentence answer. It's going to be a laundry list. Um, and that's just kind of what I got to say about that. Yeah. That no, makes a lot of sense. Any other thoughts on that before we jump to the comments? 
Yeah, in that uh, changing room moment, I would have been pretty clear as to why I have abs and it wouldn't have been I ordered them on Amazon. Uh, that that individual would be really clear as to how long it took me and how much sweat, blood and tears were engaged in that process. Because I think everyone needs some reality, man. We Not a reality check, but the reality of the answer. Like if you're asking me a question, you're going to get my answer. Now, my answer might not be cruel and harsh. And it might not be rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. It'll be somewhere in the middle based on who's in front of me and why they ask the question and their tone, like their vibe. Mm -hmm. Like if someone stink eyes me and says, dude, how'd you get those lame ass, those lame uh, abs? <laughs> and, and my answer might be completely different to someone who says, hey, man, you look like you're in good shape. How did you manage to get in good shape? So the audience will get delivered the answer that they deserve in that moment based on what I feel will help adjust their game. Like I'm, I'm not in the habit of wandering around in life, hoping that someone asks me inane questions so that I can deeply consider their inane question and then launch into a full day's worth of a speech to give them the answer that they never cared about in the first place. It's our job to read the audience in front of us, one person or a million people. And so on social media, it's not just one person, it's a million people. Like I don't write for a million people, but I think this is going to a million people. Okay, it goes to 10 or 12, maybe my immediate family who reads it, who knows. But this morning when I put my post up, I was representing decades of work. Just each little image is a decade of work. And how did I get to that point? A lot of work. Now, if someone looks at those photos and thinks, okay, this some random dude did some random things in his life and what's this all about? What those random photos are is a lot of sweat, blood and tears, which I would like to contextualize against. Just last year in Europe, um, not with my family vacation, but with a couple of uh, um, national athletes from Canada at a world championship. We were in Italy at Finale Ligure at Worlds, and then we had a day off. We traveled to Monaco for the afternoon, hopped on a train, went to Monaco, walked around, and I'll tell you what, within an hour, I couldn't get out of Monaco fast enough. Couldn't stand the place. And here's why. Because what we're talking about is fake it till you make it, or empty shells of accomplished next to nothing in their life, but standing next to the Lambo checking the time. Well, I, I leaned against a wall in front of a very fancy hotel in Monaco with all of the supercars in front of it and just watched a stream of people walk by and stop at every single car and get their pose on. All of the poses in front of all of the supercars. The moment that the photo was taken, this is what happened from this to shoulders slumped, dragging their feet to the next supercar, completely unhappy with their life until they pulled up next to the driver's door of the next supercar, which was 15 feet to their left. And they went from this and then move to the next supercar. It was pose after pose after pose after pose. I watched several hundred people do that exact 
procedure. And every single one of them, it was, no, take that angle from this angle. Don't get, don't get my body, just get my face. Don't get my hat, get my chin. It was all contrived. It was all spotlight moments that were artificial from my perspective. People that were pretending to be something that they're not. You don't have to pretend to be anything. Be who you are. And if you're not happy with who you are, get to work towards what you want to be. But you can't live in the future, unhappy in your past, while not knowing who you are in the now. And that's what I saw in Monaco. And so, you know, the game, you've got to sit at the table in the now. You've got to forget about the past losses in your Monopoly games. And you've got to think about when the dice comes, I'm going to play my role and I'm going to do it the best way that I can. It's funny that we keep getting back to the dice rolls because I'm a big fan of like Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop board games, things like that, where you're using dice all the time. But the concept always is you have to play the role, whatever it is. And so there's lots of times where I have been playing said game, made a role. It was really crummy. And I, then you just have to deal with the consequences. You just have to, like, it may suck. Your character might die. Okay. Manage that in the moment, right? But if you were to just say, I'm not going to roll, well, the game will continue. <laughs> the game doesn't stop because you're not rolling. And that's something that we, uh, we haven't really touched on, but it is very, very true. The game will continue. Um, any other thoughts before we hit one of these comments? Good to go. Okay. Um, now, Carl, we're going to go back to this one. Carl asks, how do you manage chronic pain while in the game? So, Sean, what do you think? Mm. We're going to hit on this earlier. Yeah, you manage it. You find ways because the game never stops. And if, if I've never paused my game for anything, anything. And, and if I was to consider uh, pausing for a moment because all of my chronic injuries are annoying me to the degree where I stand up and step away from the board game, I've just never done it. And maybe I'm stubborn. It's, it's a word that I use a lot. I'm focused, driven. I want to win within my game that I play in my life, the totality of the board game that I've got in front of me, which, by the way, gets shorter and shorter the closer and closer I get to death. And so this game that we're all playing, I feel, doesn't allow enough time to make excuses to not play the game. I mean, any time that I think of chronic pain and making an excuse not to play the game. This is what runs through my head. This has got nothing to do with KH. This is an example that almost immediately springs to mind. It's Mark Ormrod. I mean, missing both legs, missing in an arm, and he's a BJJ purple belt in the freaking game. Not just in the game on the mats, but in the game on a bike. Not just on a bike, in... In Dusseldorf, just uh, a, a couple of weeks ago at uh, Invictus, that dude is in the game, crushing life, rolling dice constantly, rolling doubles and pushing forward every time he gets a double. Who am I to kind of sit back and not play the game because this or that is bugging me as a chronic pain? My context is people who are amazing people that I feel like I have to step my game up to play the game, even though I play a pretty 
tight game, we can all play a better game. And if you're wondering what better is, if you want to shed some chronic pain, look at people who've got it harder, contextualize it and understand that none of us, none of our games are that bad. Just roll the, roll the dice and get on with it. Not only Mark Ormrod has missing both legs above the knee and his dominant arm at the shoulder. <laughs> so it's not even like uh, he's running around with his, his, his left hand, basically. And he swam uh, and broke a world record. In the I, I know. Channel. It's like, uh, you know, how crazy. wake up uh, when I wake up in the morning with a little, oh, I'm a bit yeah. sore. Mark Ormrod. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Isaac, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. And I'll give a completely different perspective, though. I think that is a is an amazing introspection into it. I would say there's when it comes to dealing with chronic pain while playing the game, you have to assess, you know, every everyone you look at has a game and your your game and where you're at in your game might match up with someone else's. And so it's kind of like, who can help you win your game? We all need teammates. We all need, we all need people, you know, in our, in our circle, in our group that can help us succeed. Uh, and so don't be afraid to delegate out tasks in terms of, you know, like, Oh, I have chronic pain. Well, there's people who dedicate their lives to playing the game of helping people with chronic pain, get over their chronic pain. You, there's no real excuse to be able to say like, ah, oh, well, it hurts. I'm just not going to do it. It's like there's people out there who their whole life's mission and game is to help people like you get to where they can play the game without hurting every day. So let them play their game <laughs> by helping you play yours. Uh, and so that and me as, as, a, as a coach um, and as a, a coach to coaches, uh, it's a lot of, you know, realizing it's who, not how. There's other people whose life dedication and game is exactly to fill the void that you're having. So allow them to play their game and reap those benefits so that you can go and play yours. Yeah, absolutely. Taryn, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I actually had a, a conversation this week with uh, Veterans Affairs. I'm on the rehab program, so I go to school paid for by Veterans Affairs with a salary uh, for my service injuries. Got a new case manager. My case manager was going through my file because there's some discrepancies that I brought up with her that uh, veterans wasn't doing properly. Um, in that conversation, she said, "You know, if I had of um, if I had have gotten you before you started your vocation, I wouldn't have offered you vocation. I would have allowed you just to stay on IRB, which is the uh, you know our my salary essentially until I'm 65. And that's just chill." And uh, my, my, my response to her was, okay, so because I have disabilities, you think that I should just chill? And I said, that's not how I play the game. I said that. This is not, that's not how I play the game. I said, my 60% is better than most people's 100%. And I said, I will not sit and play the game that you want me to play. I said, I, I, I hold myself to a higher standard. And I said, I'm happy to go to school and fail then sit home and collect a paycheck just because you think that's what I should do. So uh, I was given to just say, hey, you want to just have a really comfortable game and just relax? And that's not me. Um, so I think I want to say if you're 
sitting there with chronic pain or illnesses or or whatever um, that have been given to you, don't look at those as crutches. Look at those as stepping stones to finding out what else I do. Because if you have chronic pain, that doesn't mean that you're, you know, if your legs are, you've got bad knees, you've got a bad back. There are other things in the in the world out there that are games that you can play that are going to fulfill your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. If yeah, I'd like to add something real quick. I would like to add this uh, based on what Taryn just said. It's, it's uh, personal to me as well. And so uh, I'm on IRB as well. And, um, but no one ever offered me any other game when I left the military because I didn't know there was a thing called Veterans Affairs. And so I played my game, all my chips in, as a solo player for... 25, nearly 30 years before I knew there was a thing called Veterans Affairs so that someone within Veterans Affairs could offer me the game of, dude, you're so injured. Why don't you just do nothing and we'll give you some free money? And like, I want to look behind me and, and see if I'm being recorded at that moment. Do you even, do you even understand me? Not at all, because that is not my game. I don't take anything for free. I earn my way in life. That's my mindset. You want to give me something? I'll freaking earn it. Better yet, I'll earn it before you offer it to me for free. And so I like to earn my way through life, as all veterans used to. Some still do. Not all do. But that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to earn your seat every day. If you're getting free money within Veterans Affairs, it's your job to earn that money, whatever that means to you. It doesn't mean that you got to go out and wash dishes at the lowest paying salary you could find. You can use that time to volunteer. You can use that time to help another charitable organization. You can take that free money and earn that free money. And as you're earning, this is what will happen. You're now earning in life. You're now earning your way through the game. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter why you do it to some degree. What does matter is you change your mindset of, I am in the game, not freeloading the game. There's a huge mental shift once you earn your way, I feel. Yeah, I'm. <clears throat> I'm also on IRB. It's called something different, but yeah. <laughs> Taryn, go ahead. No, I, and I just want to echo what she was saying. And I, by no means do I do I think if you're on IRB, <laughs> I should state that right? I, that was generalized. If you're on IRB, that does, I'm not that that make you less them. But what Sean said, I want to echo. When I started on IRB, I I didn't want to sit, so I spent my time coaching rugby and coaching high school rugby and giving back to you that given me uh, different game outside of the military that fulfilled my life. So find something, and I, I, that was a great point. I, I didn't think to say that, but find something that you're passionate about and back to that community. Because if you're there with free money, like Sean said you should earn it. Yeah. And I'm going to touch on this too: is that it, it's. It's only free money if you let it be free money, right? And it, on top of that, it gives you the opportunity to do those things, right? That's what that money does. It's not that it 
is meant for you to then sit on your haunches and live out the rest of your days on the couch watching Netflix. It's about, it gives you the opportunity to do stuff. I was given the opportunity to become a veterans advocate by being on IRB. I was given the opportunity to start podcasting because I was on IRB because I didn't have to um, be at a nine to five or do those things. I was give it gave me that opportunity. It gave me the opportunity to be a dad. I get to be at home with my boys, right? These are the things that I then get to be in those games actively and move forward with them. Now, any other thoughts before there? I got a couple more comments I want to just touch on and then we can do some final thoughts unless there's anything else on that topic. No. Okay. So Salty jumps in and he says, it's one thing to show up and earn it daily at whatever level you're working at. But how do you know you're making enough progress and how do you self-qualify it? I think is an interesting question. Sean, you want to touch on this real quick and then we'll go down the line? Yeah, for me, it's super easy. I just contextualize against uh, people who are smashing it better than I am on a historical basis. So I have people that I track on a regular to see how I stack up against their regular. And as long as I keep feeling like I'm underperforming, I know I'm following the right people. So the the moment that I start closing that uh, timeline or start compressing that uh, I'm almost uh, at that spot that they are, then I start looking for someone else to challenge me, to encourage me, to push me or push myself so that I'm pursuing something uh, maybe out of my reach. Yeah, absolutely. Isaac or Taryn, you got any thoughts on that? I would just second what Sean said. Like for me, it's, I can't self-quantify it because if I were to rest on my, uh, in the Bible, it says, don't lean on your own understanding. For me, if I were to lean on my own understanding, I would be chilling, collecting my IRB, but it's because I know that I need to be doing something greater. So I make sure that I have mentors in my life who understand where I want to be. And they're obviously surpassed where I want to be so that they can help me set those standards and those barriers of entry wherever they are. Uh, so that they can help me hold accountable uh, th that progress. And if I'm not making progress, they're going to make sure that I know uh, and they're going to tell me to, to pick up the pace. Yeah, 100%. Now, um, Taryn, you got anything to add? I know we're running short on time here. and I've No, gone. go ahead. Okay, okay. so um, I'm just going to pound these through and then we will do some final thoughts. I apologize for being over time, Sean. <laughs> I will uh, get this done real fast. Here we go. Uh, chronic... Salty Jinx says, chronic pain, I actually had to push through it until I reached a point where it had diminished enough to make things easier. I cleaned up my diet and found a daily input that served me. Although I wouldn't recommend my daily for most people. Though. <laughs> That's find funny because I would. <laughs> I'd recommend go. his daily to a lot of people, by the way. Agreed. 100%. <laughs> Uh, and then Carl says, thank you, Winterstorm. Great conversation. Uh, very true. Give while you're able and capable. That's 100%. And let's hit some final thoughts, and then we'll shut her down for the day. Isaac, what are you, what are you thinking? I just uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on here and to, to chat. Uh, just so much wisdom that always sits in these, in these uh, round tables. So I appreciate it. And final thoughts is just flip the switch and play the game. Don't just sit back and be a spectator. 100%. Taryn, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, there's a salon to everything that you do. Look for it. Uh, you might have some really crappy times, but I promise you through the crap, when you weed through it, there's going to be silver lining. So look for the silver lining, some whatever obstacles you have, and that will lead you to the next game. 100%. Sean, final thoughts? Yeah, get in the game, the game of life the games within the games, 
And uh, by the way, uh, maybe the best part of being uh, games within the games is you get to play it with other people, which, by the way, we're all supposed to do on the regular Food for Thought. 100%. Well, I do uh, really appreciate the conversation. Isaac and Taryn, thank you so much for joining us. Sean, always happy to talk to you as well. Thanks for all of the comments and questions. Great convo in general. So, you know, as we all learn how to roll the dice, that allows us to build our hotels, which allows us to grow our bank and win the game. You can do that with us every day here on The Collective. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers.